everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. On this podcast, I speak to people who have said yes to a greater calling in their lives, people who are living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. I cannot tell you how so succinctly and perfectly Alan Graham fits the bill of someone to be on this podcast. I am super excited, kind of fangirling over here because he's really um, just an incredible man that has this amazing ministry. He's written a book, and he's here today to talk about his book, and it's called Welcome Homeless. So in order to get to the book, we talked about his ministry, which here is called Mobile Loaves and Fishes, and it provides clothing and food to people that are living on the streets here in Austin. And out of Mobile Loaves and Fishes, also, he has created um, Community First Village, and this is a place where they can actually lift people off of the streets of Austin, give them a place to live and a community to live in. He talks about so many important things here. It's just really profound. In fact, I think I need to just listen again and, and marinate in a lot of the things that he said, because I really did feel the Lord um, just kind of downloading into my heart during this conversation. And as I've been looking at the work he's been doing. He talks about homelessness not being able to be solved just by providing shelter for people, but that um, they need community, they need connection, right? So it's that human connection. So there's a lot of really good nuggets here. You might want to listen with a, a pen and paper and take some notes, but I know that Alan has a great legacy here. He's um, kind of famous, right, in Austin for what he's done. And, and I also know that he doesn't want it to be about that. And so I hope when you hear this conversation, it's uh, just two friends who love Jesus meeting and talking about how Jesus is transforming their hearts and that he's always doing a new thing. And I know my eyes have been opened through this conversation in many different ways. And mostly, I just hope that in these continuing conversations that we can just build up a new language around what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to actually connect with God's people, whoever that may be. And that's what he longs for us, that community and that connection. And so uh, this is just such a great place to start that conversation. So I'm grateful you're here and Here's Alan. All right. So, hi, Alan. How are you? I'm doing great, Sue. How are you doing today? I'm good. I am so excited to meet you. So many people that I love and respect um, just think the world of you. So, um, this is such an honor. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. Okay. So, for my listeners who don't know, uh, don't know you, this is Alan Graham, and he is the founder and CEO of Mobile Loaves and Fishes. And that's here in Austin. And Alan, would you be willing to just kind of tell the listeners what Mobile Loaves and Fishes is? Well, Mobile Loaves and Fishes began about 19 years ago um, as an idea that I had that we could take a catering truck and go out on the streets at night and take uh, needed items from those of us who have abundance uh, out onto the streets to the men and women that were living uh, on our street corners and alleyways who lacked abundance. Uh, and so that uh, that ministry began about 19 years ago. Uh, 
and began to expand very rapidly and moved throughout Austin and Texas and uh, in several cities around the U.S. Um, and then in 2003, I got this crazy idea that uh, I wanted to spend a lot more time with my friends on the street. So I started putting together what we call street retreat, which is a one-on-one retreat between you and God. Uh, and at the time it was 72 hours on the streets. Now it can range anywhere from 24 to 72 hours on the streets. We've now shepherded maybe 2000 people on those street retreats. And we have slept, uh, in basically every conceivable location that a homeless person sleeps. And we began to get and develop a very intimate relationship. Uh, with our brothers and sisters out there. Oh, and then in, that's uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm already crying, Alan. Yeah. I, I read some, yeah, of, I read all about what you've been doing and I've been crying, like just preparing for this talk. And so when you say that I hadn't even heard of street retreat, so thank you for another thing to just be so uh, moved by, but sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, ask questions anytime. And then in 2005, just got this crazy idea to go out and purchase a gently used recreational vehicle, a fifth wheel RV and lift one guy up off the streets into a privately owned RV park. Um, We did that. We did a second, a third, a fourth. And today uh, we are about a year and a half into the opening of our 27 acre master plan community first village. Uh, dedicated uh, exclusively to lifting the chronically homeless up off the streets. And uh, uh, Sue, this is nothing short of a a kingdom miracle, what we're witnessing uh, out there on that property. Oh, totally. And, you know, just um, to let you know, I moved to Austin two and a half years ago, and I'm from Chicago. And so when I first got here, I started attending Austin Ridge Bible Church, and immediately they were talking about I mean, they have always been talking about it, but I just got there. Um, but so immediately I learned about mobile loaves and fishes and community first. And so what I love to see, too, is just the whole city rallying uh, behind this cause. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, been a collaborative effort in a, in, in a way that I've never seen uh, implemented before in my life. So. so I'm curious because I love to talk to people about kind of how they – how God brought them to this point. Like, have you always been um, service oriented? I I talked to Perry, our mutual friend, and she said, you grew up Catholic and so did I. So I understand that that's like always a big part of our lives is serving. But how did you get to the point where you decided to dedicate your life to service? Um, You know, it's a, it's a complicated journey uh, that probably really began when my mom uh, made the decision uh, to convert to Roman Catholicism when I was about four years old. Uh, My mom was profoundly mentally uh, ill uh, Mm -hmm. and suffered many, many long-term institutionalizations over the course of her life. Uh, But there was a rootedness, a spiritual rootedness that uh, I think she passed into my uh, DNA, but I got to tell you, as a, a teenager and a young adult, I, I walked about as far away from that rootedness as I could possibly get. Yeah. Um, but in 1981, when I met uh, my wife Tricia, uh, there was no question uh, that we were going to be married in the church. 
Uh, and so I just went along with that deal. Yeah. Okay. If I have to, great. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, we did. And, um, and then our children start coming in the world, uh, in the late 1980s. And, um, I mean, I don't want to call myself a workaholic, but I pour myself into what I do, mm-hmm. uh, uh, pretty heavily. So I'm a, I'm a seven day a week kind of a guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one Sunday I was probably sitting in, uh, the easy chair, read the newspaper, getting ready to shower and go into the office and do a little cleanup work, getting ready for the next week. And door opens up and there's Tricia going out the door with uh, two or three of our five kids uh, at the time uh, and, and going to church. And I looked at that and Sue, it appeared to me that the train was leaving the station. Yeah. And if I, if I didn't get my car hooked up to that, whatever that was, um, you know, I might be left out of that deal. So I, I began to really, uh, uh, pour myself into intellectually understanding of the church, yeah. uh, from its inception, uh, the, uh, Eastern schisms, the heresies, uh, the Protestant reformation. Yeah. Uh, I, I just poured myself into trying to understand the historical nature of who we were as Christians. And I developed a pretty strong intellectual relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and that intellectual relationship said, Hey, okay, there's three gods in one. There's a virgin birth. Uh, right. You know, uh, he did some miracles, you know, he died and resurrected and, but it was real intellectual. There wasn't a, a heart component to that. Yes. And then in 1996, I went on a very powerful men's retreat called Christ Renews His Parish. Oh my gosh, my Chirp, church. Chirp. That's what yeah, we called chirp. it. I went on Chirp. I loved yeah. Chirp. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, had I known, honestly, Sue, that men were going to hold hands with each other and pray <laughs> and hug it, hug it out in that bromance thing that we do now. Yeah, uh, I would have, I would have never, ever, ever oh, gone totally. to that deal. Yeah, yeah, but it, it it turned into that pretty fast, as you know. <laughs> and uh, and I, I got to tell you, at the end of that thirty hour retreat, uh, that uh, intellectual relationship that I had with Christ just dropped the floor right into the depths of the cave of my heart, and uh, and it was it was all over at that point, man. I was. Yeah. I was move, moving in a different, different direction. Oh, that's beautiful, right? It's so different when he captures our heart, not just our mind. I feel like I made religion, I made knowledge an idol, I think, for a lar- large part of my life, knowledge about religion. Like, I wanted to be right. Yes. I wanted to be right. I yeah. wanted to know the answers. Um, and, you know, Jesus set me free. He just told me to rest and stop doing that stop striving so hard for that right and and that's such a um it's such a beautiful transition it's so powerful and and you don't know it till you know it (laughs) but yeah yeah that's right yeah I see the way I was kind of behaving but it's it's funny because when you mentioned the guys hugging it out that's totally how my husband is he he says that people have a church face sometimes and he gets scared of them like they're coming toward him (laughs) and they've got that look in their (laughs) eyes (laughs) yeah i i get it yeah yeah i get it so tell me then um so you and some friends started mobile loaves and fishes is that right that's correct so i had the idea um 
and, and, and really the, the, the chirp weekend spawned um, what, what I call a just say yes philosophy. Yay. I love and that it, for my podcast, yeah. Great Big Yes. Yay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, it, it's literally a, uh, a uh, every, every staff meeting talked about philosophy, just say yes. Uh, within Mobilos and Fishes, yeah. I, I put I put uh, PowerPoint presentations on what it means to uh, just say yes uh, to God. So that just say yes led to a an encounter that my wife had had with a girlfriend of ours, where she was telling us about a ministry in Corpus Christi, where multiple churches would come together on cold winter nights and pool their resources to take out to the men and women that were on the streets. And that's when the image, the vision of this catering truck came into my mind as a distribution vehicle from those who have abundance to those who lack. And, um, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur and mm-hmm. I, I thought we could take this idea everywhere, but it, it, about two weeks later, I, I took it to one of my, uh, great friends, Bruce Agnes and, uh, well, first I shared it with Tricia and she looks at me and she's married to a serial entrepreneur and she, <laughs> she, she goes, Oh my God, here we go again. Yeah. What are you up to and, now? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and then I took it to my friend, Bruce Agnes and, uh, he was in and then uh, a couple of other buddies and that's exactly kind of how it happened. Okay. That's so awesome. I love it. Okay. So I want to get to, um, the story, the book, because I'm super excited about the book. It's called Welcome Homeless. That's right. How, and and um, it comes out March 7th. And so for people listening, they can pre-order it. I'm going to put all the links on the website. But it's really um, stories about the people that you've met through this ministry. Is that right? Like little vignettes? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah. It, 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 the book begins the... The introductory chapter is called the gospel concarnate. That's the the gospel, the gospel with meat. And uh, I think all too often we get isolated inside of our churches and we don't go outside and uh, and begin to put the meat on the gospel. And then there's a movement uh, through the book uh, chronicling my uh, encounters with a number of people that I've met along this journey. Um, and, and, and kind of weaving this thread of what it means to be home Mm. and, and what, what our human desire is to be home. Because I believe that, uh, you know, from a biblical uh, perspective and even an anthropological for our non-believing uh, friends perspective um, home has nothing to do with a house yeah and so if we and within mobilos and fishes we say that housing will never solve homelessness but community will yeah so it's it's weaving what we believe are the biblical characteristics of home throughout the book through uh, men and women, that we would consider the most battered, despised, and outcasts of our community. Yeah. And then the book culminates uh, with the chapter that is a play on Stephen Covey's 
seven habits of highly effective people, and one of the habits was to begin with the end in mind. Yes, I know it well. I went through his management training, and I love that uh, that whole thing, the seven habits. But yeah, begin with the end in mind is awesome. Okay, sorry. I love him. Yeah, me too. Big fan. But our chapter, uh, the ending chapter, is to end with the beginning in mind. And the beginning I'm crying. is in Genesis. <laughs> so yeah, good. So and the good. beginning is in is in Genesis chapter two, verse fifteen. Just after God uh, created the awesome Garden of Eden, He then takes the man, settles him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and care for it. Yep. And the foundation of everything that, that we do out at the Community First Village rests on that single scripture sentence. You and I need to be settled and at peace with one another in community. Uh, We need to be cultivating with the gifts that God has given us. And when we're settled and we're cultivating for kingdom purposes, we move outside of our selfish, narcissistic selves and begin to serve uh, God by serving others. And that's uh, that's how the book ends. I love that so much. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Um, Yeah, when I was reading just a little blurb on the book, it said about the book, and it just says that um, you want to ingrain the human story in us so deeply that we start being who we're made to be, that you start being like the image from which you were made. And when you say to start with the beginning in mind or end with the beginning in mind, I think of that, just that we are all made in God's image, like how loved we are, right? And yes, um, we forget that and we put our labels on people. And I have to say, this has been such an interesting, since we moved to Austin, I feel like the Lord is just exploding my heart about the boundaries I've put around myself and my faith and my life. And I think he's just inviting me into so much more um, just by connecting with people, just connecting. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I love that you speak to the home, not homeless, not being solved by just a structure over our head, but by community and that sense of belonging. I think that's so powerful because I think as human beings, we kind of go, oh, well, I'll pay some money to pay for that house or whatever, which is fantastic. And we need that. But it's God has more for those people, that connection, that human connection. I love beginning or ending with the beginning in mind. I think that's just brilliant. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. One of our, one of our five corporate goals is to connect human to human, heart to heart, mm. because if we mm. don't, I mean, we just can't connect people with our paychecks right? and go, here's some money, go fix yourself. Right. Uh, the, the fixing is, is human. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's not transactional. It's, it's relational. And so that's the movement that, we're trying to create is to get people to move into relationship and, and, and away from transaction. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, what I love when you were starting to tell your story is that you said at a certain point you wanted to spend more time with your friends that you met on the street. Like you wanted to know them. They were, they're your friends, right? That's I mean, correct. And yeah. that's, and I think it's, I think it's moving from a mentality of I'm going to serve because I, you know, 
I'm, they're so lucky to have me serve them <laughs> to yeah. understanding that like, no, no, like you're being super blessed by this. And this is just, this is an even exchange of love and connection. It's not about you being no. better. No, that's right. That's completely right. And yeah. I think in American churches, do you agree? Like in American churches, we've kind of taken the posture of like, well, you you serve because that's what you do because you're so blessed, which I understand. And there's a piece of that, but not getting to the heart of really that connection, at least for me. Well, I think the, I, I think the whole idea of being blessed is an interesting uh, thing to, to contemplate or to marinate on. Yeah. Uh, are, are you blessed and this other person is not blessed? Right. Is, is this God's purpose that you are blessed more than this other person? See, I struggle yeah. with that. You know, I'm so blessed. And, and, and then the opposite of that, which is, you know, this person is not uh, blessed. And, you know, I would love to change that language because, you know, I think the suffering that we see in the world, uh, we, we, we project away from us mm -hmm. and then we feel sorry for people yes. uh, that happen to suffer as opposed to what I believe God's original intent was, is to use suffering to draw you and I closer to him. That's right. And so the, the word compassion really comes uh, from the Latin, two Latin root words, com, which means with, and pati, which means to suffer. And the word compassion means to suffer with. So when we see somebody suffering, we should be drawn into that and, and take on some of that suffering with them, as opposed to standing back and going, I'm blessed yeah, because I'm not, I'm not suffering and you're not blessed. Yes. That's, that's what I mean. Amen. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, it's cultural almost. It's like, you know, and when we see, and I, I mean, I hate to say this, but it's true, you know, you'll be driving and if you see a homeless person on the street, a lot of times you look away. Yeah, that's and, correct. And it just breaks my heart, but I've done it too. You know what I mean? Like, I think the Lord's showing me, like, I've done that too. Like the truth yeah, is. We all have. Yeah. You know, and so how do we do this differently? Like you said, maybe there's new language around it and everything. So that's why I'm super excited about your book. I think it's, um, well, it's so inspiring, but it's also just um, maybe giving everybody a glimpse into if they haven't ever been um, around homeless people or known anybody, that they can just have that human connection with them, even just through your stories, you know, that they can yes. feel like they know um, and just yeah. give them more vision for the whole, the whole situation. So yeah, I love it. I'm super excited to talk to you about it. And I just, I wonder how you would explain, and there's, I know this is so long of an answer, but how would you explain how God has changed you? So you talked a little bit about how you started going to church and you went to chirp, but then there's, you know, obviously he's constantly doing a new thing, right? Right. How has he yeah, changed you through these people? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> where mean, do I begin? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even know how to even hardly even answer that. I mean, it's been so profound. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think, I think, 
you know, I think what I love the most, uh, Mother Teresa has a saying that we're all going to owe a great debt of gratitude to the poor hmm. when we get to heaven yeah. for having drawn us closer to God. Amen. And, and, and I find uh, that biblical truth that the more we interact with those who Jesus came to interact with when he was here on earth. Yeah. The close, the closer we, we become to him. Yep. And so my relationship with Christ is, uh, so much deeper today than it was yesterday, just because of that uh, interaction and that willingness to go into a place, um, where you may be sitting around and hanging out with crackheads, glue sniffers, and prostitutes. Um, And I find those places extraordinarily special. I've learned that to be drawn to what we at Mobile Loads and Fishes call the bouquet of Christ, this bouquet is a combination of urine, feces, crack cocaine, and multi-day-old body odor all combined into one pretty assaulting aroma. Yeah. Uh, and and we're, we're taught to, to repel from that. We're, we're taught to hold our noses, uh, you know, when we smell or see things like that. Uh, but the reality is that the gospel is calling us to that. It's drawing us into that. And if we can uh, begin to change our mindset that uh, when we see, see or smell that bouquet, uh, to immediately uh, direct ourselves towards that that smell, and then all of a sudden, uh, once once we penetrate it, man, bam! Yeah. There's Jesus Himself right there in the flesh, and uh, that's 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 what's been phenomenal for me. So, oh, I love that so much. I'm crying, of course, but I um, it's interesting because I heard someone talking the other day about being the aroma of Christ, and that puts a whole new spin on it in a really profound way, right? Because I think yes. we have we have just we have just spit shined Jesus, right? <laughs> like we have That's just right. we have made him so just clean and and just, you know, and you're right. Where was he when he was here? He was in the midst of this of just the real smell of human beings, right? The stench. Yeah, um, yes. And so that's just really profound for me that you said that because I was just hearing someone talk about the aroma of Christ and amen. Just, you know who that reminds me of? Do you know who Brennan Manning is who wrote the Ragamuffin Gospel? I've I've never read it, but I've heard of it in in the book. It's so good. And he is an alcoholic who, well, he's passed now, but he was a recovering alcoholic and kind of went in and out. But he talks a lot about, um, you know, just the gospel of grace being for, you know, the prostitutes and the addicted and um, just all of us. Because it's all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is. anyway, yeah. he's just a beautiful. He used to be a Catholic priest, and it just reminded me of him uh, when you were just saying that. So, anyway, um, well, I um, I can't wait. I can't believe that I have not been out um, to community first yet, and I I know um, 
it's being built like you guys are doing like a center there, right? Where people can meet like a church and a center, kind of a meeting place that you're building right now. Or is that still happening? Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, that's under construction. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. And I want to mention as we're talking before I forget, just that tomorrow in Austin starts what's called Amplify Austin. And it is a way for people in Austin to give to um, different groups and charities around the city. And so Mobile Loaves and Fishes is part of that as well. And so people can go on your website and just click on that and give um, during Amplify Austin. And that's tomorrow and I think the next day. I think it's a two-day thing. Is that right? Do you know? It's a it's a 24-hour thing that starts at uh, 6 p.m. tomorrow evening, uh, March 2nd, and will run uh, 24 hours. Okay, awesome. And um, yeah, so this is a big thing in Austin. So I'm going to be posting about that as well. And people can look on the website and um, for sure, hopefully give if they can give. And um, how are you funded uh, Mobile Lobes and Fishes and Community First? Is it just private funding, like just people giving? Yes, it is. That's uh, essentially 100% of our funding is from uh, private individuals and uh you know, mainly through the body of Christ is our uh, our main goal because we want the body of Christ to take ownership of what the gospel has blessed us with. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I just have an, a couple other questions for you. When you talk about um, loss of family, like when I was reading through some of the stuff, a lot of the people on the streets um, have been homeless because they've lost their families. Like there's been this catastrophic loss. Like they don't have their people. There's nobody supporting right. them. Um, That's right. And so in, when you are in community first village, I know your um, ideal goal is, you know, community and, and getting them that kind of support. And so I'm just curious through, like, how do you find these people that will live in community first? Like, so they're homeless, but do you just go up to them? I mean, I'm. This is, sounds like such a silly question, but how do you know who can come live in community first? Like, are you out gathering well, people? Yeah, we we do, but we also work closely with a number of other agencies uh, in town that also uh, work with the homeless population, and collectively, um, we have a process that we move them through called a coordinated assessment uh, process that's run by a a local agency here in town called ECHO. And um, that that coordinated assessment model performs a a vulnerability assessment on individuals. And they kind of come through a funnel uh, uh, down to us. uh, And and then we start uh, placing them from there. Uh, So we, we have a general demographic model. We have to make sure that there is a financial sustainability model before we put people in because we don't want to put people in and then kick them out Mm -hmm. Uh, because our number one rule at Bobolos and Fishes at the village is you must pay rent. Uh, You don't pay rent. You don't get to live here. So there's no no ifs, ands, or buts about uh, the rent. So if they're going to be subsidized uh, some way, uh, how long is that subsidy? uh, And, you know, can we get them stabilized uh, economically in that, in that period of time? And they can uh, and then, they can work there, right? There's jobs there within the village. Some, yeah, some some can. Uh-huh. Uh, most won't won't be able to, but uh, uh, many will uh, will earn SSI and SS 
SDI uh, disability income through the government. Uh, but uh, th- there's quite a bit of opportunity out there. And then we've created a micro enterprise uh, model where you can create and sell things. And that, that is going along uh, 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 pretty well. We probably uh, distributed maybe a quarter of a million dollars last year to uh, 20 or 30 people. Uh, selling artwork, blacksmithing products, woodworking products, uh, oh, I love selling, that. Uh, you know, burgers and hot dogs and Frito pie and popcorn <laughs> and candy at, at our movie nights and that kind of thing. So, um, and then we have a lot of uh, maintenance opportunities out there, landscaping, farming, um, that also engages people. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And I love the idea of them creating for me, art is such a big thing. I love it. I love to create. So not only is it giving them an income, but it's giving them that connection to art and purpose and creation and all of that. So that's really beautiful. I love that. And then do they sell it off the site too? Like they, they go to, do you guys bring it to other places where you would sell their work? Well, we do. We have uh, we have the community market on site, which is our primary conduit. But about six times a year, we uh, we go into uh, uh, church communities like ARBC, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know after church services, we have a giant uh, show. Uh, people come out of church and uh, and they have an opportunity to look and and, and purchase art or crafts or uh, you know the other products that we're selling. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. All right. Well, I am so excited to just learn more about it and learn more about you and your book. And I can't wait for it to come out on the 7th. And I just want to ask you if you could, um, before we hang up, if you would like to just kind of lead us out with a prayer, would you be willing to do that for? Oh, um, I'd love to to do that. That would be awesome. All right. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just uh, we lift all of us that are listening right now uh, up to you and ask you to send your Holy Spirit uh, down on each of us and infect us with your love. And Father, you are the navigator, and if we allow you to navigate and we just say yes, and we're talking the big yes. Hmm. We're going to end up exactly where you want us to be, but perhaps not exactly on the pathway that we thought that we should be on. And so we ask you, Father, uh, to just instill in us a heart of release to allow you uh, to direct us and guide us everywhere we go. And Father, just uh, uh, to conclude, uh, we have brothers and sisters stranded on our street corners in all of our cities. Uh, And we ask you to open our hearts uh, and our minds uh, that we're your servants and we are the ones uh, that can mitigate this issue that we see out on our street corners called homelessness. We lift all of this up in the glorious name of your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In Jesus name. Oh, I love that. That was so beautiful. Um, I love that you mentioned heart of release. I've never heard that before, but that's my new thing. I love that.
Because isn't that what it is? It's like surrendering to all the things you thought before. It's like breaking down all the walls that you've set up around yourself and releasing them. Yep. Now that's it. Release. Let him, let him guide. And I love it because it's true. It's never where we think we're going, you know? No, that's right. Yeah. They say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Well, this has been such an honor. I appreciate it. I can't wait to meet you in person and give you a big hug. I feel like I wish I could do that right now. (laughs) Same here. Look forward to it, Sue. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And good luck with the book. Uh Uh-huh. Thanks. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.